the, the time, uh, we're talking about one of the oldest tricks that the devil, I would say, is the oldest trick, and that is deception. So let's pray again. Lord, we just come before you. We want your word to speak to us. God, uh, Josh's words are insufficient, but Christ's words are powerful and effective. And God, in your words are everlasting, and they never fail, they never fade. So Lord, let your words speak to us today as we dive into your word. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Kind of the foundation of this, of this series is founded on this verse that we um, are, are going to continue to reiterate. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, and it's this, it, uh, in order that Satan might not outwit us. In order that Satan might not outwit. What does that mean to be, to outwit? What does that mean? To trick, yeah. What else? To get over on them, outsmart. Yeah, pretty much, right? So uh, Paul is, you know, he wrote two, he wrote two uh, letters to, to the Corinthians. In his second letter, He's telling the church, say the church, say me, right? You're a part of the church. He's saying he's giving all of these instructions in order that Satan might not outwit, outsmart the saints. Why? Because of Revelation chapter 12, verse 3, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Skip all the way back. The cool thing about God, he knows the end and the beginning because he created it and ordained it. So he gives us a little sneak peek of the end, and this is what he talks about. It says, and the great dragon was thrown down. Anybody know who that great dragon is? It was right there. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. And I highlighted this just so that we can just reiterate this word deception. The deceiver of the whole world. He doesn't deceive just part of the world. He doesn't just deceive a certain specific type of person. He deceives the entire world, was thrown down to earth, and the angels were thrown with him. God just backhanded the devil and all his angels like, and he just fell to, fell down, right? Just gave him that. How many of us received a good backhand when you were a child? Like you ever get like, I remember one time my dad was driving. I can't remember. I was horsing off in the back seat. I don't know. I was probably 10 or 11. And I, I don't even remember what happens. All I know is it was like, whap, right across. The, it was just, he was driving, just went, whap, and they just kept driving. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's skill, right? <laughs> the devil just got smacked on down. When I, think of, when, I think of, when I think of the word outwit, it reminds me of this show that I used to watch. I think it, came, I think it was like 2010, so it's an older show. It's called Leverage. And in this show... Anybody here ever watch Leverage? I think I said it was like 2010-ish. Yeah, we used to come over and watch it at your house. Um, and so the whole show was based around like basically this mastermind guy. He was like a former FBI guy. And what he did was he actually hired ex-criminals to infiltrate criminal businesses and all this other stuff. So he used like masterminds of the field and would go and he would basically like steal money from the rich and gifts to the poor was kind of the whole thing or whatever. But what they did was you had these brilliant people that would outwit their competition. They would use all of their stuff, and that's what they, and so like you'd watch the show, and you're like, how is this going to happen? And it looks like it's bad, and then at the end it shows you how they outsmarted them because they really did this and really did that. 
And so you have this team of people that were, they were taking money from, from corrupt business people and they were giving it back to the people that deserved it, but they had to outwit them. And the devil knows us, right? They would do all of the research on the company. They would do all the research on all the people. The devil does the same thing with us, right? He knows, he has all the research. He knows our struggles. He knows our weaknesses. He knows when we were at our, at our, at our weakest point. He knows when we've had our best point. And so, so, so he knows, he doesn't know everything about us in our future. He can't read our thoughts, but he has, in, the, in a detective sense, he knows us. And so if he knows us who we're his enemy, then he will try to outwit us because his whole goal is to deceive us. Think of this. This is something that I've said for years, and I'm going to keep saying until the Lord changes it or tells me I'm wrong, but I'm not. If the devil can, can deceive a third of the angels that are in heaven seeing God every single day in paradise, who do we think we are? Like, like, could you imagine you're an angel in the very presence of God? You see eternity, you see it all, and this created being deceives you into believing that somehow, some way, you can overthrow God. Backhand, right? Like, just a boom, get out of here. What's so cool is, is when you look in Revelation, who is it that deceives, the, that, or excuse me, that defeats Satan? It's not even God. God don't even reach a, lift a finger. Who is it that throws down Satan? Michael the archangel. Come on, someone. God sat on his throne. He was like, I don't even need to do anything. Michael, handle my light work. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They're not even on the same playing field. And one of the, there's this, there's this, uh, picture that went around was viral a number of years ago and has like Jesus and the devil and their arm wrestling. It's not even, no, not even close. It would be like you arm wrestling an ant, right? Like, like not even on the same playing field, right? Well, imagine an ant coming up to you and saying, Jeremy, want to arm wrestle? You say, no, get out of here. Like you're done. Like it's over. There's no competition, right? In the same context, right? Jesus is, right? He is the creator, right? And Satan is a created being, not even on the same playing field. He's just eternal, so he's just got a few more extra powers. So, but that's why we're learning about this, because one of the oldest tricks is deception. How did Adam and Eve, how did they fall into sin? Deception, they were deceived. Oh, did God really say that? Oh, you surely will not die. And he twisted and manipulated God's word. We're going to get into this. Got some scriptures here. Actually, the, I would say the bulk of this message is scripture. So pardon me for getting into the word of God because we got to get into the word. Come on. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, it says, this is what Paul is saying to the Corinthians. He says, I am afraid that the serpent, uh, the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning. Your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion of Christ. He's saying basically... He's saying the same serpent who deceived Eve, I'm afraid that he's going to do the same thing and cause you to be deceived and to, and to deceive you from, lead you astray, right? Your thoughts lead you astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And that's why we preach the truth. That's why we live on the truth. That's why we have to apply the truth of the word to our hearts every day because the enemy every day is going to attack you whether you decide to fight him back or not. He's going to. He does. I know it. 
I, I fight the devil all the time. A lot of times my fight is in my heart, in my brain. I'll tell you, thinking of deception, and just like how the devil, like he will try, he will try things, he'll try new stuff. Right? Like, like he'll like, okay, so here I'll give I'll say this. So I'm gonna say maybe, let's see, what was that? Maybe Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember. Um, I've been clean from drug and drugs and alcohol for about 20, almost 25 years. And um, and and by the grace of God, I'm like, Jesus, thank you. Like, like, you know, I've had no desire, like, like the like the smell of 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 weed to me is like makes me want to throw up. Um, I've never had that. You know, that hasn't been the thing that the enemy's tried to ensnare me. But I'm driving my daughter to school, a driver to school. Um, uh, and so I drive her to school. Um, she goes to school. Well, um, uh, she has, and I say, th- I say this, I'm not trying to dis- dishonor my, my daughter, but uh, she has uh, ADD. And so, so she has medicine that she takes this she usually sits in the car, and then she'll take one, and then, she, and then you know, she goes to school, and then, so it's sitting there. So I grab, I grab the thing, because uh, she didn't put the cap on. I grab the thing, and I'm getting ready to put the, the cap on, and the thought came into my head, why don't you take one of those? Can I be, can I be serious here? I'm like, you know, you're by yourself. Like, like, I said, you know what, and I, this is what I have to do. I say, shut up, devil. <laughs> put that cap back on there. Like, come on. What about, what, oh, you're by yourself. Oh, what's this feel? Oh, you don't know what that feels like. Well, you've never had this. No. Say deception. And I'm like, and I haven't, I'm like, where did that thought come from? I'm like, shut, and I say it out loud. That's how I fight. I'll say it. I'll be in my car. I don't care. Shut up, devil. You're a liar. I've been set free. I'm good. And then the thought leaves. And this is what it says. He says, I'm afraid that the serpent Right, deceiving, you know, the, the, excuse me, I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He's talking to people that are sincerely serving the Lord. He's not talking to backslidden people. He's not talking to those that are half-hearted. He's talking about people that have a pure and sincere devotion. Come on, someone. So the enemy wants you. One of his oldest tricks is deception. And any way he can deceive you, he will. Psalm 101 verse 7 says this, just to give us a, rem- just to kind of let us know, this is why the devil was backhand out of heaven, because he says, no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. So if you are a person on this planet who claims Christ and you practice deceit, that's scary. Because he says, no one who practices deceit is going to dwell in my house. And so if you don't know what deception is or what deceive is, here's are some, these are some other words that mean the same thing. So to deceive means to mislead, means to cheat. It means to give false appearance or impression. You know, that's definitely, uh, if you've been a part of church and church culture for, uh, for, uh, for quite some time, this is where a lot of people fall in right here, giving false impressions, like they got it all together. By the grace of God, <laughs> my wife and I preach transparency because I believe if you will know that, that we suck. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, we don't suck. If, <laughs> if you would know, like we don't put on false faces. 
What you hear me say here is what you hear me say out there. What you hear me say out there, you won't hear me say here, blah, 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 right? Uh, to lead astray, uh, impose false idea to obscure your truth. Well, first off, I hate fake people. I mean, I don't hate them. I just don't like them very much, <laughs> right? I'm not supposed to hate. Hatred turns to murder and blah, blah, blah. But who likes fake people? Raise your hand if you're just like, mm, give me some fake folks. Like I just no, no one likes that, right? They're the ones, they're the ones who are like, they're like, man, Gage, you look great today. Man, that's my dude. Look at him, man. He's just killing it. Man, that dude, he looks so ugly right now. I can't even believe he's wearing that. Right? Those are fake people, right? They're the ones that in your face are gonna tell you all the nice stuff, and then behind your back they're gonna be talking about you. Right? Nobody likes that. That's giving a false impression. Praise God, you know, it's so good to see you. And then later on, they're like, man, I can't stand that person over there. It's just what happens. So that's why we try to do our best at Vision Church to kind of like squash any of that. Like you have to put on a, a performance here. It's not about performance. You don't have to put on your best face. Come in with your best or come in with your mess. We take it all because Jesus wants it all. And I'm going to come in here and there's times I'm going to give you my best and there's times I'm going to come in here a hot mess. <laughs> it is what it is. And we're, because we're not perfect, right? We're, we're, we are all growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ together. And that's what this journey is. This journey is us growing together. It's not like, oh, we're trying to reach Josh Hester's status. No, Josh Hester's trying to reach your status. Come on, someone. Like, this is, this is the greatest among you be your servant. Who's the greatest servant in here? Because they're the best. You're the greatest. You're the best. Okay, let's go on. Let's get into this. Okay, so number one, we're, I've got three different things I'm going to talk about. The first thing is a deceitful heart. And this is where we actually deceive ourselves. Deceitful heart. Look at your neighbor say, deceitful heart. Say, I'm not going to deceive myself. I'm not going to deceive myself. And, the, and the, the foundation of this is one that we all have heard or read, or maybe it's going to be new to us, and that's cool. And that's Jeremiah verse 17, verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. What? The heart is deceitful. Follow your heart. Be led by your heart. You better not be led by your heart. <laughs> that's what Harmark says. I got to follow my heart. You're going to follow that to the grave. The heart is deceitful. Friends, the heart is full of flesh and the sinful nature, and it wants its own desires. We got to tell our heart what it wants. You got you to take your heart and you got to give it to the Lord. The heart is deceitful. It will deceive you. Your own emotions can deceive you. I have to remind myself and remind people in my life, is that facts or is that feelings? Right? Like, seriously, like, you may feel that right now, but is that really true? Right? I mean, like, you may feel lonely, but are you really alone? Like, right? Like, you may feel like a loser, but are you? Yes. No, you're not. You're not a loser. You know? <laughs> like, you, right, right? Like, feelings and emotions and, and, and desires and all these things can deceive us and lead us astray. So that's why we got to constantly give our heart to the Lord, constantly do that, right? It also says that in Deuteronomy, just reiterates that in 11 uh, verse 16. It says, take care lest your heart be deceived. And, this, and in this context of Scripture, he's talking about our hearts being deceived and us worshiping and serving other gods. 
and in our culture, we could call it uh, other idols, giving ourselves to other pleasures, giving ourselves to other things, that our heart can deceive us, and we can find ourselves serving other things that is against the Lord, or that's in opposition of our God. Sounds like Pastor Joyce having fun. <laughs> our heart, our desires, our flesh wants to sin. Do you know that? That's why it's called in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, the acts of the sinful nature. Right? All of those things. Go look it up. Go look, write that down. Make sure you go look that up. Galatians 5. Because it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and then it goes into the acts of the flesh. So write that down, look that up, because then you'll say, yeah. And don't look at that up and be like, well, that's Jeremy, and that's Jeremy. <laughs> look it up and see, you know. <laughs> look it up and say, you know, that's me, that's me. I mean, how often have you heard a message and you're like, man, I wish my uncle so-and-so was here, or man, I wish my brother was here. They needed to hear that. Let's go into a few more scriptures. I've got a lot of scripture for each point. Galatians chapter 6, verse 3 says this. It says, for if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Pride is, decept is deceitful. Pride is deceitful. Look at me. I'm somebody. Nope. I know what Josh Hester looks like apart from Christ, and that's ugly. Right? Ugly. Ugly. I mean, you can just look at your neighbor and say, ugly. Don't do that. You're in trouble again. Oh, I'm trying to be good. Pastor Joy's in there, and now I'm going nuts. I need somebody to keep me in rain. Somebody like, Papa, I need you to help me. I'll keep me here. Are you, if your wife's not here to keep you here, oh man, we're in trouble. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, let's go on. James chapter 1 verse 22. It says, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourself. There are tons and tons and tons and tons of verses that talk about us deceiving ourselves. And in James, he's basically saying that don't be like one of those people that hear the word and be like, oh, you know, I got that. That's cool. I'm... No, or be like one of those people that say, okay, yeah, that sounds good, but then they do their own thing. It says, don't be a hearer, you're deceiving yourself, but be a doer. Say a doer. Say, I'm a doer of the word. Oh, man, that was pathetic. Let's try that one more time. Say, I'm a doer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. A doer. I don't want to be a hearer because a hearer deceives himself. Last scripture before we go into the next point, and it's 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's a backhand to us from the Lord. Whap. Well, yeah, I don't deal with any sin. There's your sin right there, pride. <laughs> Got some sin. And don't let, and don't let the Lord uh, uh, start uh, causing us to start working in our prophetic gifts because we can start calling some stuff out that you didn't even share. That's scary. Don't, let some, don't be afraid to have somebody pray for you because they might share your mess. Anytime... God is wanting to share your mess. It's for you to grow. Have anyone here ever had a prophetic word and the, and the Lord kind of like told you by yourself? It wasn't meant, right? It wasn't meant to like beat you up. It wasn't meant to tear you down. It wasn't meant to expose you. It's meant to grow you. Because I, I believe many of us, we deceive ourselves by trying to hide our sin. Number two. Number one is friends is a deceitful heart. It's when we deceive ourselves. 
And number two is a deceitful tongue. And this is when we are deceived by others. And when I was coming up with this point, I straight thought of my Aunt Margaret because my Aunt Margaret is all about making sure the folks around her aren't being deceived by others. Come on, Aunt Margaret. Air high five. Oh, come on. Yes. Because the scripture says over and over, it says, right, watch out for false prophets, right, false teachers. Doesn't it say that? It says, watch out because they are in abundance. I remember, and I remember, and I'll tell you what, not only are they in abundance, you know, there are truth teachers that are in abundance too. They're there, right? If it's only a third of the angels that fell, there's two-thirds that are still. So like, you know, so, so the deceivers are in there. And the crazy thing is, is I remember, I remember uh, uh, talking with Joy, I was reading, uh, I, I think it was earlier last week, and I was reading through, and, and you know when you get like little nuggets of the word, and I was just like, oh man. And, you know, you read, you read Matthew all the time and stuff. And, and I said, man, this is interesting that in the scripture that uh, it said that the enemy sowed tares with the wheat and they grew up together. And so, like, for us, we're like, let's get rid of those stupid tares. And, we're like, we're going to go and we're going to start tearing them out. And like, get rid of all the false and all the bad and all this stuff. But it said, let them grow up together lest the, lest the wheat be destroyed. And so God will actually allow people that are false to be trickled in his kingdom. That's crazy to think. I was like, that's wild. Because if I'm God, I'm like, get them out of there. Like, get out of here. Right? Give them das boot. <laughs> but if you know the word of God, that will guard you from being deceived. I've heard that, uh, anybody here ever work at, work at a bank? Anybody here ever be a bank teller? Anybody here? Do you, do you, well, from what, and tell, if I'm wrong, correct me. From what I understand is when they're teaching bank tellers about false bills, is they handle the real genuine a lot. So when the false comes in, it has a different feel to it. They don't show them all of the counterfeits and say, this is what you look for, feel this. No, no, they're, they're, they're handling real money over and over again so that when the, deception, when the deceit, deceit, deceptive bill comes in, they're like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Oh, let me put the little mark on there. Is that correct? And so, and so in the same context, friends, you fill your heart with truth. Truth, 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 truth. So when deception comes, you're like, oh, that's not right. That's wrong. <laughs> that don't vibe with me. <laughs> Where'd you come up with this? Because the scripture talks about it. It says, it says like all of these winds of doctrine and all this other stuff, they come up with new stuff every day. This and that. And then they put it on Instagram. They put it on Facebook. They have YouTube pages and they have millions of followers. And if you're not grounded in the truth, you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, this sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. And then, then you find yourself like downward spiraling. Man, come on. Deceived by others. Matthew, and, and if you don't believe you can be deceived by others, you're deceiving yourself right now. Because <laughs> Jesus out of his own mouth says it. He says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, he says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. He was telling that to his 12 disciples, the ones who were walking with him. Watch out. Look at your neighbor and say, watch out. Watch out now. <laughs> Watch out that no one deceives you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6 says the same thing. It says, let no one deceive you with empty words. What's an empty word? There's no weight, no value. 
For because of such things, God's wrath comes to those who are disobedient. Again, Paul instructing the church of Ephesus, let no one deceive you with When I think of empty words to me, I think of like, like, like smooth words, you know, like somebody who's coming in and they're like telling you all this stuff and you're like, ooh, that sounds good. And they're trying to con you out of money or they're trying to con you into their little cults that they started. <laughs> you know, I'm serious, right? I mean, think of all the people that have ever been involved in cults. Were they just like happy-go-lucky? I'm going to join a cult today. No, they were deceived, <laughs> right? Right? It was smooth words. It sounded good. And this is what I'll tell you, and I'll tell it to my grave. How do you know I'm not teaching false? How do you know? How do you know I'm not deceiving you right now? <laughs> a little deceptive talk. The only way that you know is that you have to be rooted in the word of God, friends. And if I preach something that's contrary, I implore you, call me on it. <laughs> that's why I love having seasoned saints around me. Come on. That's serious. Like, really? Like, come on. Like, like, is Josh Hester above correction? No. Right? I mean, if you've been serving, if you've been serving the Lord for 50 years, are you above correction? You better not be. Because then you arrived, and if you arrived, you're deceived. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, let's go to the next one. It's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. It says again, let no one deceive you in any way. Are you catching this? So like number one talks about having a, decept a deceitful heart where we can actually deceive ourselves. Number two is talking about a deceitful tongue where we can actually be deceived by others. A few more scriptures on that. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Is to see that this is actually really interesting. We could probably do a teaching on this, this verse right here. It's to see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Whoa. <laughs> this, is, this is a chunky one right here. According to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. This right here, I mean, like I said, we can, you can, this is one. Like there's, again, philosophies and and, and, and teachings and traditions. And, and what the enemy wants to do is when you're free in Christ, he wants to make you bound again. And I've seen people, I've seen people completely get free by Christ and then totally get bound up by religion. Get free in Christ and then totally get bound up in deception. They get bound up in criticism. This church is doing that wrong, and that person is doing this wrong. I mean, is that really what we're called to do? I thought the scripture says that we are supposed to build up each other in the holy faith, not destroy each other. And anytime I see correction in the word, it's usually with people who have relationship with one another. Like me talking about somebody else to someone else, how's that building the body? We got quiet in here because now we're talking about gossip. That's church <laughs> it's not okay but we allow it <laughs> oh see i gotta laugh because inside i'm crying <laughs> because it's sad that the church i mean we do we we just do it so romans chapter 16 verse 18 says this. it says for such person for such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and 
flattery, they deceive, they deceive the hearts of the naive. So there are people, and that's why Paul even said, he said, whether selfish ambition or vain conceit, Christ is, pre Christ is preached in that I rejoice. So there are people that are, that, are, that are sharing for their own appetite and smooth talk and flattery for their own gain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that no one in this body is doing uh, a service to Christ for their own gain. Praise God for that. Number three. So number one, friends, it's we can have a deceitful heart. We deceive ourselves. Number two, there's there's deceitful tongues out there. We can be deceived by others. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna preface how I'm gonna explain this. Number three is the deceitfulness of wealth, and that is be deceived by the desires of the world. Now let me just preface this. I'm gonna say this. Okay. Um, actually, uh, let me go into the scripture of, of where I got this from, and then then I'll talk about I'll talk about this. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. Um, so Jesus is talking about the parable of the seed or the parable of the sower, whatever, whatever you want to call it, parable of the soils. And there's one that's on the hard, rocky ground, right? There's one that's on the path. There's one that's good soil. But the, there's this third one, and it's number three, or it's number two, one of them in the middle. And, and it, said, it said this seed grew up. And it said that it was actually excited about the kingdom, but then it had no root, and then it withered. And so Jesus is teaching all the parables and the disciples in their amazing, I'm so glad that they asked, what did you mean by this? Because then he actually explains it to them. And then he goes down and he explains what each of the, what each of the seeds are and what the meaning is. And then he goes on to this one and he says this. He says, as for what was sown among the thorns... This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So when I say the deceitfulness of wealth, what I'm saying is I'm not saying that wealth or being rich is a sin. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that working hard is evil. It's not. But what I'm saying is, is that, that if there is a... If we've, I'm going to, this is how I word it, and this is ghetto, right? <laughs> if we are a paper chaser and not a God chaser, there's a problem, okay? Paper chaser, right? That's the only way I can say it. It's deceitful if, if it's the illusion of you are chasing after this thing and you're never content. It's deceitful when it's illusion that if I just had enough, all of my problems will go away. It's deceitful because, friends, I've heard more money, more problems, right? It's deceitful because, right, there's this thing that, that if you don't have it, you need to have it. It's deceitful because the scripture says the love of money is the root, not money, the love of it, right? It's deceitful because people put their security in it, right? The world economy is built on it, and we know what happens with the world economy, right? Right, Papa Frank? Um, right, the whole uh, get-rich-quick schemes, the lottery. I mean, there's millions of people who, who bought into this illusion, if I just had money, I would be happy. That's the deceitfulness of wealth. Okay? Now, God wants the wealth 
to resource his kingdom. Right? Think of this. I mean, I mean, where, I mean, nowhere in the Bible did Jesus ever say, be broke. Right? <laughs> be poor. And you know what we used to say in South Toledo? You're not poor, you po. You can't even afford the OR at the end. You so poor, you po. <laughs> nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Now, there are people who decide to take a vow of poverty, right? Think of this. Th think of this, right? You have two different people, one who comes to the Lord, and this is where we build this whole thing like, like that. We, we have this belief basis that, that we're supposed to, like, live, you know, as, like, gutter of the trash. Because Jesus said to the rich young ruler, he said to him, he looked at him. When God looks at us, he's going to see what's in us. He looked at him, and then he said, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and come follow me. And the scripture says that he left sad because he had many possessions. And then he turns to his disciples, and then he says, this is why it's hard for the rich to enter into the kingdom, because your stuff became, has a hold of you. It's never meant to have a hold. That's the deceitfulness of it, right? You can have stuff, but when it has you, that's when you're deceived. Because this is what's amazing. Check this out. Check this out. And this is what blows my mind. You have, uh, what's his name? The short little guy. Zacchaeus. Yeah, that's right. Right? He's in a tree. This guy has money. Right? He had money. He invited Jesus and all of them. Had a big feast. What did he say? He said he gave half of his possessions away. He said, and if I, if I, um, uh, if, if anybody I deceived or if I corrupt or whatever, I'll give them four times. And the Lord said, today salvation has come. He didn't say salvation came. He told him. Now, what if Je now Jesus didn't say, you know what? Go ahead and give all of it away. No. Because it's about the matter of the heart. Come on, someone. Right? Now, we've taken it way off to the side, especially in the 90s, with our prosperity preaching. Right? It's gone way over there. How many of us know that the Lord wants to bless, it, bless you? He wants to bless us. He wants us to, to, be, to be blessed. But you don't serve the Lord to get a blessing. And you don't give just to get back. Come on. God didn't say, don't get rich. And he didn't say, go be poor. <laughs> go be poor. I mean, think of this. When you look in the scripture, you see that Paul's ministry was funded by people who had money. Right? Come on. Like, seriously, like, like that like funds the kingdom. I mean, think of this. I think of, of some of the greatest advancements in the kingdom of God were people that had wealth. I mean, the greatest buildings that were built, some of the greatest missionary stuff. I mean, all that stuff. How do we, you know, we, how, how do you fund the kingdom? You got to have money. <laughs> you can't fund the kingdom if you're broke. Right? So anyways, again, on that, I, you know, and uh, just to reiterate that, because this is what happens. It says this. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 through 18, he says, beware. Say beware. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Verse 18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it was he who gave you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, that he may swore to your fathers. He's basically saying, don't say in your own heart, 
look at what I did for myself. He says, no, it's the Lord your God who gave you the strength. It was the Lord your God who gave you the ability. It was God. Don't forget God. That's why wealth is deceitful, because then you start believing that you did it on your own. When God says, I'm the one who gave you the strength, the ability, the tools, I gave it all to you so that you can produce wealth for yourself. That's why it says in Psalms, or not Psalms, in Proverbs, the, 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 the guy says this. He says, don't let me be poor where I have to steal to eat and defame God's name, and don't let me get rich where I forget you, God. Did that happen? Look at all this I got. God was there kind of. Okay, finally here. Deception. Final deception here. Who was the wealthiest person in the Bible? Anybody remember that guy's name? Solomon. Not only was he the wealthiest person in the Bible, he was the wealthiest person that ever lived on this planet. Right? When they do the research, they conclude that his wealth was worth $2.1 trillion. Not billion, trillion. I mean, that's beyond our even thought process. Think of how rich billionaires are. And this is like a lot more than that. <laughs> Add an extra zero. Right? I mean, many, I mean, if you had a million, you'd be amazed. If you had a billion, if you had a billion dollars, you could give up, you could give what? A thousand people a million dollars. That's what a billion is. Think of that. If you were a billionaire, you could give a 1,000 people a million dollars. That's nuts. If you were a trillionaire, you could give a 1,000 people a billion dollars. That's rich. Say that's rich. That's, that's, that's beyond rich. Right? This guy, it says that he held nothing from himself. I mean, I mean it said that, that silver was of no value. He was so rich. Right? They, was so, they were so wealthy. And so he says at the end of his life, and this is why, this is why we got to just be reminded that wealth can be deceitful. He does all these things, and then at the very end of Ecclesiastes, the very last chapter, the second to last verse, this is what he says. And he said, I've done it all. And this is what he says, verse 13. He says, now all that have been heard, here is the conclusion. This is what I'll have to say about it, y'all. Fear God and keep his commandments. But this is the duty of all mankind. From the man who had everything. The oldest trick in the book. Well, if we get rich, we'll be happy. Solomon was rich. He had more than enough wives. I don't even know how. One's enough for me. He was he was either more, he was more than a man. <laughs> Something, I don't know. I don't know, I have no idea how. All I know is, is, is he gave himself every, he gave himself to every pleasure, the scripture says, and he, and, he, and he withheld nothing from himself. Out of all of that, out of all of his riches, out of all of his fame, out of all of his wisdom, out of everything, he says, fear God. Let's pray. Father, we want to honor you with our hearts, and Lord, as we're, as we're learning about some tricks of the enemy, and deception is definitely one of the keen, keen uh, ones where he really tries to manipulate us. Lord, we want to be sons and daughters who 
are not self-deceived, where we let our, our mind, our thoughts, our own emotions, our own intellect deceive us. The heart is deceitfully wicked. God, our, our sinful nature wants its own desires. So today, Josh Hester, and hopefully every person in here, God, we lay down our sinful nature. God, we lay our pride. I lay down my pride. <laughs> God, I, I lay down, uh, Lord, the lust of my heart. Your, your word talks about, God, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I lay those down in the name of Jesus. God, I lay down every fear. God, I lay down anger. I lay down bitterness. God, I, I lay down uh, God, any perversity, any adultery of my heart, God, any adultery against my God, Lord, I lay them down. God, any act of the sinful nature, Lord, I don't want to be self-deceived. I, I submit my heart fully to you, God, today again. And I'm going to do it tomorrow morning again. And I'm going to do it the day after again. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you for giving us ears to hear. I just, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now, thank you. Give us, God, our ears. God, I pray that our ears would be just so attuned to you, your voice, your word, that, Lord, that, that when the enemy tries to manipulate through tongues of deception, God, through other people, through other teachings, through other things, uh, uh, Lord, that, that, that we would be so accustomed to the language of truth and the language of the spirit that lord that thank you that that we would see it and lord and we would recognize it and lord i pray that you'd give us great wisdom god when we recognize falsehood god and how to deal with that or challenge that or or uh help bring that back into alignment lord we thank you for that in the name of jesus and Lord, and even God, the deceitfulness of wealth. And Lord, Lord I, I pray that every person in this room would, would, would have wealth in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I pray, I pray that in the name of Jesus. I pray that every person would have that. I pray that every person would, would have rich abundance and they could use their resources to, to fund the kingdom. Lord, that we could send missionaries all over the world. God, that we, God could see Northwest Ohio. God turned upside down for the gospel. Lord, that we could just, God, that we could build orphanages and hospitals and God, whatever. God, I just, God, that we'd be able to fund, fully fund the kingdom. Lord, I pray that, Lord, but yet with that, God, that there would be, God, that guard from the deception of wealth. Lord, that, that inkling to pull us away from God because of our stuff or that inkling to pull us away from God because of, of the, the value of money. Lord, we, again, we don't want our hearts to be deceived, so we lay it down in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. Would you reveal any deception in my life? God, would you reveal in my heart? I, just, I pray this myself. God, would you, would you reveal where maybe the enemies might have sown tares into my heart? God, and it's, and it's the scripture says, let no bitter root grow up among you, lest it defile many. Maybe there's some things in my life that have been, I've been deceived about. God, would you reveal that? Would you, would you show me? God, would you show us? God, would you reveal that through your word? Would you reveal that through your spirit? Would you speak? We want to be in alignment with our Father. We want to be in alignment with the kingdom. We want to be in alignment and in agreement with your word. 
And Lord, we want to just stay under the shadow of your wings. You said that you said, oh, I wish Jerusalem that you would come because you wanted to put your arms like a, like a bird and cover over God, the, the, the baby chicks, Lord. And so we ask that God, we want to just kind of hide in the shelter of your wings, daddy. God, that you would protect us and guard us. And so we pray that today. We pray that through the ironic blessing that the Lord would bless you and that he would keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and may he give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name.